So my friends, um, every year on the second Sunday of Lent, we read the Gospel of the Transfiguration. Every year on the first Sunday of Lent, we read about our Lord's temptation. Every year on the second Sunday of Lent, we read the Gospel of the Transfiguration. And the Transfiguration is very particularly placed in the three Gospels that recount it, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's after Jesus first predicts his passion. Right? So it's when Simon Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then Jesus begins to tell them deeper what's going to happen. Son of man is going to be handed over. He's going to be scourged. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be put to death. And then he'll rise on the third day. That is scandalous for them, right? Jesus is supposed to be this glorious conqueror. When they said the word Messiah, they meant glorious conqueror, And so when he says, no, actually, I'm going to be killed by the people you think I'm going to conquer, that's a scandal for them. To the point that Peter pulls him aside and is like, that's not going to happen, right? No, Lord, you can't say those things. That's not going to happen. To which Jesus responds to Peter, get behind me, Satan, right? And so this is a scandalous thing for the apostles, that Jesus is saying he's going to be put to death. And so after this, after that event, after that prediction, and he unveils for them further what is going to happen to him as the Messiah, what that means, he takes these three, Peter, James, and John, up the mountain, and he's transfigured before them. And St. Leo the Great tells us that it's to remove the scandal of the cross, to show them that he really is not this just glorious conqueror of the Romans, but rather he's the son of God himself. You know, uh, I remember Fulton Sheen saying in one of his homilies that the transfigured Jesus is probably what Jesus would have been like all the time if he didn't hide it. Like that Jesus had to, he would have been walking around dazzling white and glowing and talking to Moses and Elijah all the time, but that he veiled that. He veiled it, right? Um, And so... When he's up on the mountain, he shows them this is who he is in his full glory. Transfigured before them, dazzling white, shining lights, talking to Moses and Elijah, who there stand for the law and the prophets as well. That all the law and the prophets point to Jesus and what he's doing. Peter, James, and John, who had pretty much fallen asleep, but that's, that's their MO, right? Whenever you got Peter, James, and John together, you could pretty much be sure they're going to fall asleep. Um, but they, now they see this, and it's holy moly. Like, what's going on now? This is an incredible thing. And for Peter, James, and John there, this probably would have been a very delightful moment. Seeing God in all of his glory. It's not just like, you know, when you see a spectacle, like I, I almost saw the sunrise this morning, and, or a beautiful sunset, or Niagara Falls. It wouldn't just be like that. When we see God face to face in all of his glory, it brings about a peace and a certain delight that there was, there was an enjoyment in this that's deeper than just looking at something nice. That they would have felt a peace a joy, a happiness, a delight in, in this moment, right? And so um, that's when Peter's like, okay, hold on. Like, you know, I, I wonder, I was just, as, as Deacon Jim was reading it, I'm sitting here thinking like, 
as they were getting ready to depart, like as Moses and Elijah are getting ready to leave, like I wonder what they're doing to do that. Like are, are they, you know, shaking hands or doing whatever? Like, all right, we're, we're leaving. And Peter's like, whoa, hold on, right? Wait, let's build three tents or tabernacles is actually the word. Let's build these three tabernacles and we'll just stay here forever, right? This is a good moment, right? This is a good time. Let's just stay here forever. That's what we want, right? We just want to stay in the nice time forever. There's a certain delight and joy and happiness that we should get at church, right? When we, when we come to Mass in the liturgy, the same Jesus is present here. The altar is the same Mount Tabor where Jesus is made present to us. And from here, the law and the prophets speak of him. And so we should delight in church. And there are some people who just want to stay in church forever. Let's just stay here. Look, we're among our friends. This is a safe place. It's comfortable. You know, it's climate controlled relatively. Um, That God himself is here. Let's just stay here forever. Or whenever you go on a pilgrimage, or if you've ever had the you know, pleasure to be like at an event with the Pope, either when he's visiting the United States or seeing him in Rome, it's like, this is incredible, right? Or the youth rallies, going to youth rallies over the summer, um, or different, like, this is, let's just stay here forever. It's just going to be like a permanent Catholic camp, and we love it. No. God is with us always. This is where the voice comes from the cloud. This is my beloved son, my chosen son. Listen, Jesus is always with you. It's not just in this moment on the mountain. Jesus is always with you. It's always the same Jesus. Here's a final point. This event of the transfiguration, it can't last forever. They have to get back to work, right? Church can't last forever. I think less people would be happy with me if it did. But it can't last forever, right? As soon as we go out those doors, and I've been saying this a lot recently we got to get back to work. It's time to go to work now. This early on a Sunday morning, we got to go spread the gospel. But we have to take what we have with us. We have to remember the good experiences. Prayer should be peaceful. It should be invigorating. We should draw life from our prayer. But then we got to go to work. Then we have to go out into the mission territory. We have to go spread the gospel. We have to do it. And we have to carry with us the memory of that prayer. We have to carry with us. Peter, James, and John, in their lives, would suffer tremendous persecutions for Jesus Christ. They would, Peter and James would be killed. John wouldn't be killed, but they tried pretty hard. Uh, and he ended his days in exile. They suffered tremendously to preach the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure during those sufferings, they remembered that moment on the mountain. I'm sure when things got dark and difficult, they remembered being there with Jesus transfigured on the mountain. They remembered the joy that's a foretaste of heaven. That's something we're looking forward to. And even when we can't feel it right now, even when we can't see it right now, We should remember the joys that we've had in encountering the Lord Jesus. 
We haven't had too many joys and we should come here and put ourselves before him. We should go with him to the mountain so we could experience his love and his life and then be strengthened. Just a really cool detail with all of this. Our need for faith in God in the midst of seeming darkness, but in this case, not darkness. In that first reading, this is a really cool example. When God says, and we all can picture this, God says to Abram, look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. And we are like, okay, how many stars were there? Like, give the guy enough time and he may be able to do it, right? But no, because what do we read at the end of the... God says, look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. And then a little further down the page, and when the sun had set, it was dark. What that means is when God said to Abram, look up in the sky and count if you can, it's broad daylight. Look up there. You can't see the stars. Count them if you can. It's daylight right now. You can't see that. But we know they're there. How often are we trying to count the stars in the middle of the day? We can't see it. it it's almost impossible. It's almost completely impossible. Right? This scene with God saying, look up in the sky. Count those stars. It's the middle of the day. You can't see any stars, but you know they're there. There may be times in our lives where we can't see the stars that God has put there for us. We can't feel their comfort or their warmth. It seems like maybe things are dark. Things are um, not that going our direction. It's in those moments we have to remember these transfiguration moments. It's in those moments when we have to trust in the Lord. We know that God is still there. I can't feel him right now, but I know he's there. He loves me. He's called me to himself. When we go out into the mission territory to spread the gospel, there's going to be moments like that where we forget and we can't see the good things God has done in our own lives. And it's in those moments that we have to make an act of faith, that I know my God is there. I know he's done these things for me, and I know he loves me. We're not called to stay here in the church forever. We've got to go out. We've got to go preach the gospel. And when we do, we carry with us the faith, the love, the security of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's with us and guiding us and leading us every moment of our lives.